cliffcentral.com. This is the Digital Influence with Ryan Hogan. Stories of digital transformation in business, in relationships, and in life. Money, money, money. That's what I'm talking about today. Uh, the future of money, and I have the privilege of working with and seeing on the on the speaking circuit from time to time a guy by the name of Ray de Villiers who's actually sitting in my house. We're out on the veranda, so if you hear a bit of nature in the background, it's that. And uh, Ray, hello, welcome. Hey, Ryan. Now you, I mean, you've been you've been talking for years about pretty much the effect of digital on the world. We've you you do a lot of stuff on. Uh, generational gaps and that sort of thing. Yeah, my focus is more the people side of digital. Yes. So understanding the implications for the way people under 35 view the world differently as a result of growing up in a world where digital is normal and analog or pretty much anything not digital is abnormal. Yes. Yeah. And then and then I know you you with Tomorrow Today. Correct. And that's a business that's been around for well, for quite a long time now and you guys sort of focus on well Tomorrow, today, the future of work, the, what's happening in the world of work through the impact of technology and, and, and the like. And I know last year, toward the end of last year, you wrote a – you guys researched and put together a, a white paper on the future of money. Well, it's interesting. The, the white paper was actually on the future of banking. Oh, okay. So there's a – which you would be aware of. There's a whole area of development uh, from a tech space called fintech. Mm. So essentially financial technology. In fact, from – uh, a Silicon Valley perspective, the two biggest areas of venture capital and angel investment over the last five years have been financial services and wellness. Those are the two biggest areas where money has been flowing into. So what, what's developed is a whole lot of um, technology that's changing the banking landscape. So that paper was initially commissioned to understand what is banking – or sorry, what is fintech mm. and how is that influencing the future of banking. But as you indicated, from a tomorrow today perspective, our um, radar is broader than just that one focus. Yeah. Well, well, now that you've brought that up, the, the future of banking, because I had read somewhere, and, and, and there seems to be a growing consensus or a growing idea that, that the financial services banking is one of the next industries to be massively impacted by uh, by technology, I mean, what you know, on the scale of what happened with uh, music and film, and, and uh, that's coming to banking. Would, is that an accurate statement? Very much. And th- but there's a different reason why that disruption is coming through. So if we were to take uh, just our recent history, mm. and if you look at the global financial crisis around 2008, uh, if you read the watch the movie The Big Short. Yes. You know, one of the things that comes through. Understood so very little of it, but an outstanding. <laughs> f- I mean, I, I got the gist of it. I mean, it was uh, shocking. But the thing that comes through so strongly in that movie mm. is how the banking sector or the financial services sector took advantage mm. of its customer base. Yes. And as a result of it, the world's economy fell apart. And the scary thing is what one of the things I say at the end of the big short only one banker went to jail. Yes. As a result of that. And that's, that's just horrifying. <laughs> and uh, just recently, on the 20th, 20th of September 2016, um, there was a hearing in front of the U.S. Senate, and there's a viral video of Elizabeth Warren kind of grilling the CEO of Wells Fargo mm. around a thing called cross-selling. Yes. And what's amazing, if you take that video, take out cross-selling and put in subprime, mm. it could be the same conversation eight years ago. Wow. And so – Here's why the banking industry has been disrupted. Because 
up until now, the customer base of bankers have had no choice. Mm. We have had to use banks because they, well, they've, they've pretty much been the only place to go. But the reality is that because of this loss of trust that's coming through, in most cases, customers hate banks. Mm. And we haven't had choice. Now, fintech is bringing in choice. And that's the big driver of why the industry is going to be disrupted. As you're talking now, I think of an analogy is is pre-internet, information was a premium. And information was controlled, and and there was value in controlling information, and you could make a lot of money if you were the purveyor or the holder of information. Information was democratized, and suddenly we see this. Now there's open choice, and now we're coming to that with money, where where money was controlled, and the distribution of money and how it moves through the the world economy was very tightly controlled, and we see that's starting to break down now. So we almost need to go dial back one level, though, Mm. and that is to realize that money – is a relatively recent addition to human history. Mm. Uh, for most of us of our history, we were a barter-based mm. um, species, where you know you've got a goat, mm. I've got two chickens. We look at the state of my chickens and state of your goat, and we say, actually, if we swap this, there's similar value yes. being transmitted between the two of us. It was only um, 600 BC when the first coins were minted in China. Okay, the first paper money. Um, came 600 years later, also in China, and the first paper money in Europe was printed in, 16, in the 1600s. Wow, okay. Um, so if you think about money as a thing. It's not an innate thing to us. Yeah. Yes. So as our society is now shifting and growing into this digital world that you and I speak about so much, yes. one of the things we've got to realize is that money is not insulated from those changes. And so we're seeing the, not just the democratization, but the digitization of money. So everything that digitization has done to our society, as you've just spoken about information, the same drivers, the same dynamics are coming through, not about money, but about the way we transact value. Okay, well then why not, I think that bears a little bit of explanation. You're saying the digitization of money. So we're moving money from analog to digital. Yeah. W- what does that mean? Because I, I mean, on the face of it, you go, okay, well now it's, you know, now I'm doing an EFT, it's, but it's the same thing. But, it, but, but the digitization is far deeper than that. So I think yeah. what so, is the digitization of money? So the digitization of money. So right now, the global economy, only 6% of the value of the total economy of the world is held in cash. Okay. 94% of the value of the world right now mm-hmm. is already digital. Okay. You just in- indicated in terms of EFTs mm. as an example. What's shifting and changing when you talk about the digitization of money is not necessarily just the format within which money exists, but the ways in which we use it. Mm. So, even though only 6% of the money of the global economy is in cash, we've still in many cases tended to use a cash mindset yes. as our default way of thinking. What the digitization of money means is that we're shifting from a cash mindset. So think about teaching a toddler um, the principles of money. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, what did we do? We gave them a piggy bank. Mm. Here's a coin. Put your coins, your pocket money into the piggy bank and save it up. And when the piggy bank is full, we will take those coins to the bank and deposit it mm. into an account. Right now, that's the worst thing that you could do to your kid because they are actually learning nothing about the reality of what money is. You should, we should be giving our kids 
and a, a card. We should be giving our kids access to um, financial management apps mm. on our mobile phones, on our iPads. So when they're playing games, they're also sitting down and learning some of the stuff about money. And again, let's go into that space quickly. What is the one common thing across all of the games that people play? Some form of value that you have to earn okay. in order to do something. So already our kids, your four-year-old, when they're sitting and pushing that stuff on your iPad, they're learning something around the digital reality mm. of money. And so it's all of this is coming through, which is that society is changing. And the scary thing is that business hasn't changed yet. Well, we see that across everything. Whatever the industry is, it's not ready for customers and employees are far more ready for the digital world than, than the business mindset, the business model is. So, so how does this affect? How does this affect a bank? I mean, or anybody in the financial industry? Where Where are you thinking? Where are you? Where should your line of thought and planning be going if you're thinking about digitization of money? Yeah. So, there are. Two parts to the, the answer. The first thing is, is that in terms of innovation theory, um, the digitization of money is still relatively early on in that process. Mm. So uh, uh, an innovation theorist called Jeffrey Moore has what he calls the innovation life cycle. One big thing is a chasm <clears throat> that needs to be jumped for something to go from early adopters to what he calls mainstream. Yes. Right now, all of this digital money stuff is in the early adopter stage. So what I think we're going to see happening through 2017 and probably early 2018 is actually a bit of an implosion in all of this digital space. Mm. A little bit like what happened with the internet. So think about Okay, so we're kind of moving through the hype cycle. We're moving through that, yeah. through that cycle, yeah. Yes. So think about moving from Netscape and Internet Explorer, yes. the dot-com explosion, yes. and then we get Google on the other end. Right. Similar thing happening. Lots of stuff now, lots of hype, a um, bit of an implosion, and we're going to get something new on the other end. So what should banks and financial services guys be doing? Anticipating a future that they can't completely see yet, mm. but that they know is coming. Right. And using the indications that current technology is putting in place to say these are the areas we've got to be looking at and the questions we've got to be asking and the conversations we've got to be having. So that's probably the one critical thing that they need to be doing. The other thing is realizing that technology is basically getting rid of the broker function right. that sits in financial services. Now, I'm not just talking about your financial broker, mm. but actually in most cases, whether it's a bank, whether it's an insurance company, what they're actually doing is, is they are filling a middleman mm. function around I mean, the final like, product. I mean, that's the, the, the bulk of what they – the function they are is so, I stand between you and something. And, yeah. and we pay a significant premium mm. for that standing in mm. position. Technology is getting rid of that. Now how, now, how serious is the creep from, you know, a couple of years ago there was talk about Facebook trying to get into payments and uh, and Amazon. I mean, there are other people looking at get, how serious for the financial industry is that? Is the, the non-financial startup or company that's creeping into financial services? It's the, it's the heart of the problem. Okay. And primarily because one of – so you're having a conversation with the banker. One of the things they'll say to you is that – the, one of the hurdles to entry in our industry is how regulated we are and how much mm. governance we've got. And that makes that's true if you're another bank trying to get into banking. Mm. But it is absolutely not true if you're a tech company that's built an amazing technical platform that just happens to deal with money. Mm. And so these new companies, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Google Money, whether it's Amazon, 
are coming into this space through an, through the back door. Mm. And as a result, regulatory authorities, the, the governance places or the governance structures are not currently aligned with those spaces. And so they're coming in and what everyone thinks is high barriers or high hurdles to entry are actually almost non-existent for these guys. Yes. And then you add the areas that they're starting to focus on. So 2017, the year of AI. Mm. Um, 2015 and 2016, the year of the Internet of Things or the, the two years of the Internet of Things. Mm. You start pulling those things into the same space as the stuff we're starting to see happening around digital money right now. Consider the gap, the bit of that implosion. All of that stuff starts pulling together. What's the picture on the other end? That's where we're moving to. Raymond, here's the tough question, and it's and it's true of executives and leaders in every industry. Is how how do you disrupt yourself? Um, because because disruption. Tradition, well, I say traditionally, in the last 10 years is coming from – it always seems to come from outside the industry being disrupted. And, and, and the problem is, you know, when you're regulated, banks think in a certain way. Every industry thinks the way they've always thought. And it's almost impossible for them to think differently. Yet, you know, the, the young upstart hasn't learned the reasons why things can't be done. They just, you know, go in there, woo, and, they, and, they, and they're solving problems. How on earth do – Leaders, people in fintech start thinking about this so they go, okay, we're disrupting ourselves. So let me tell you the answers that we're currently getting. So when we've interviewed the CEOs of banks, um, even you know, large multinational banks that are sitting based in Switzerland, mm. their answer at the moment is we're waiting and we will buy. We will, uh, we will, we will, we will acquire. We'll acquire the guys that are, make, that are working it. But here's the interesting Oof. thing. One of the CEOs that we spoke to said that's our strategy, but he said, but here's the concern that I have. And he said, banks kill innovation. Mm. That was his statement from someone inside the industry. Mm. So coming back to your, your answer right now, my first thing would be revisit your strategy. Mm. Your strategy right now is, is the wrong way around. Not because you're not going to buy the right startups and innovators and have the right acquisition strategy, but your current structure and culture is not ready for the amalgamation or the, the absorption mm. of what those guys are going to bring. The second thing is I would say that it's a matter of um, looking broader, um, looking at so basically taking some of your money mm. and creating independent incubators. So creating fin financing spaces where people can think and engage apart from your historical biases. Because that's the thing, is, is the, the industry is not able to look beyond the end of its nose. Mm. But they have a lot of cash floating around that they could put in places that will encourage people who are already looking in different spaces. And then because that seed capital came from your space, you can then begin to yes. bring some of the stuff through. So, well, okay, well then, if so, so if you're in the financial services industry, you need to be thinking about this and thinking about it very hard. If you're outside of it and and and, and entrepreneurial and uh, savvy or there's probably great opportunities to start looking in there. Um, all right, fine. Well, I mean, we could spare, we didn't even touch on the blockchain. Can I say one yeah, thing yeah. quickly about oh, those entrepreneurial guys? Of My advice for entrepreneurial guys is exactly the same thing I said about parents just now at the piggy bank. Mm. As you're building your business, in your startup business case, you've got to be thinking digital money. Right. So everything that you're doing, everything you're building, you've got to be anticipating a world in four or five years' time 
in fact, shorter than that, in two or three years' time, when the default transactional reality is digital. Okay. And so you've got to build it into your business plan now. All right, great. Well, I, I guess a great summary for me and what you've just said is everything we do in whatever industry you're working in, whatever industry you're trying to build your business, you've got to, be think, you, you've got to think about being digital by default yeah. in, in everything because the world is, in the next few years, we are going to be a digital world. So be digital by default. My guest has been Ray, Raymond de Villiers, who uh, is around the country speaking about the future of money and also yeah, the human side of digital transformation. So, Ray, from tomorrow today, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Ryan. Out of my stoop. <laughs> you just listened to the Digital Influence with Ryan Hoyt. Cliffcentral.com